In today's video, we're going to talk about the Jesus Revolution movie. And if you want more information, you can go get our book, Calling Evil Good, the live Christian rock and roll. Available now on Amazon. You can get this book. They will send it to your front door and it will be a blessing to you. We explain some of the music that was born out of this movement. And uh, the music, of course, was not good. So this Calvary Chapel uh, and Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee, the Jesus Revolution of the Jesus people, uh, had a major impact on American Christianity and a movie is coming out about it now. We're going to give you our thoughts here in just a moment. Don't go away. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Spencer Smith. I'm a Baptist preacher. I am a, a YouTuber, of course, and uh, we run a ministry doing mission work. And so please pray about making a donation on that, trying to help some uh, churches get started overseas. And that'll be a great help. Link in the description below. I, I put some things up here on the board. I want to talk to you about uh, some four things that I'm really kind of concerned about today in the modern church. Number one is the soft acceptance of homosexuality. Number two, the soft acceptance of Catholicism. Number three, the soft acceptance of Hollywood. And number four, the soft rejection of repentance. Now, we're going to use this movie that's coming out to kind of frame uh, an argument about these four points and explain to you some of the things that we're struggling with and some of the things that I want to try to warn you guys that I'm seeing about today that are troublesome to me. So when it comes to this movie, uh, basically what we're dealing with is the story of Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee starting a movement. And apparently, uh, you know, Chuck Smith, of course, is, uh, it seems like he's a pretty conservative theologian. He predicted the rapture a couple of times and that did not take place. Uh, but there's there were some things in his ministry that I do appreciate. Um, you know, I, I looked into him a little bit more. Um, he does expositational preaching, which I admire that. Thank God for anybody who does that. I think some Baptist preachers could learn a lot from that. Um, and of course, I, uh, there's a lot of things I don't agree with him on, but there are certain things that I do agree with him. And uh, and I, I do think uh, as far as Chuck Smith is his gospel presentation, I, I didn't see a problem. I thought I thought it was good. And I actually have met people who got saved from the ministry of Chuck Smith. And uh, so that's that's no problem at all there as far as as far as that aspect of his ministry goes. So now the NBA Gens did a great article on this whole issue. And I want to talk to you about the soft acceptance of homosexuality for just a few minutes that I think the church is, is we're dangerously close to accepting this. Uh, this is what this article says. The Jesus Revolution movie and all the other current media promotions of this Another Jesus are paving the way for the acceptance of an LGBT plus in churches. And uh, let me just read you just a paragraph or two of this. The current Jesus Revolution craze that is sweeping across America is not revival, but is paving the way for the inclusion and acceptance of the LGBT in the church. Uh, you've been paying attention to the various forms, uh, movie parts of the current Jesus Revolution movie craze. You'll find two themes that pop up constantly in all the various elements, like the Asbury revival. He gets his commercials and all the rest. The first thing you'll notice is that the preaching, that it preaches a gospel based on experience and emotions instead of sound preaching of Paul's gospel. The second thing you find is that the whole movement is working itself toward the acceptance inclusion of LGB people in the in the church. That's the goal. That's the end game. If you're not on board, you are the enemy. Now, that may seem like a, a loaded statement, really, but I think it's correct. And I, I agree with this statement. And I'm, I'm seeing, it's not just this movie. I'm seeing several other aspects of Christendom, especially the evangelical world, 
where there's there's becoming a softening up on this particular sin. And it all it's got to take is just a bit by bit by bit. Now, uh, there there's the idea that was proposed years ago. I believe it's called the Hegelian dialectic. And what it is, is like if you're on a football field, you'll take 75 yards and then people will get mad. And so they push back 70. And they think that they won. Well, really, all that you did was gain five yards. So you take another 70 yards, and they push you back 65. Uh, but you still, you're still plus 10 yards. And so that's how you creep into a, a society. That's how you slowly change things in a society. And this whole boiling the, the frog in the pot analogy, which is very common today. I think today what we're doing is we are softening up on the sins of homosexuality. Now, this film, The Jesus Revolution, is about the life and ministry, basically the beginning of a ministry, a beginning of a movement in California years ago. And it was started by two people, Chuck Smith right here and Lonnie Frisbee. Now, uh, Lonnie Frisbee, of course, was sort of like, you know, an itinerant evangelist, kind of just going around preaching or whatever. He relied very heavily on sign gifts and that stuff. And, of course, you can see that this is, uh, uh, you have Kelsey Grammer playing Chuck Smith, and then you have this crazy guy. We'll talk about him in a minute, uh, and he's actually right here. His name's Jonathan Rumi. We'll talk about him uh, playing Lonnie Frisbee. Now, here's the, here's the ugly thing. Here's the elephant in the room that I fear we are downplaying, and I, I don't want this to be downplayed. Uh, Lonnie Frisbee had major moral issues, major moral issues. You see him right here. Uh, I've watched interviews of him, and he said a lot of, I think he said a lot of correct things, a lot of sound things that I, I mean, I just didn't have a problem with some of the stuff he said, especially when he gave his testimony, he sounded almost almost textbook perfect, like a, like a perfect saved guy testimony. But Lonnie Frisbee was a homosexual, and all the reports that I've read, all the research that I've done, a uh, little bit maybe fuzzy on the details as far as the particulars of, of his lifestyle. But basically, Lonnie Frisbee struggled greatly with homosexuality to the point that he actually died of AIDS as a result of his sin. That's, I mean, that's, he, he I mean, and there's a lot of things that he said that I, I won't repeat, but just suffice it to say, Lonnie Frisbee was going around preaching and trying to get people to get saved while at the same time he was living a homosexual lifestyle. He actually was married to a woman and that he divorced and, and all the details of that are not really relevant to this video. But that's the thing that I fear, especially when it comes to this movie. That's the type of stuff nobody's talking about. Like everything you saw in the Jesus Revolution movie that, that Lonnie Frisbee did, he was doing it while he was practicing homosexuality to some degree. And to ignore that is to ignore a fact about this movement. I, I just find that that's strangely omitted from this movie. And uh, so I want to just let me just bring up a few articles just on this particular thing. And matter of fact, there's a picture of Lonnie Frisbee baptizing uh, parent converts and stuff. And, and here's what I posted on Twitter. I want everybody to see this. How far has Western evangelicalism fallen that they are now openly selling the ministry of an unrepentant homosexual that died of AIDS? That's exactly what we're dealing with. 
an unrepentant homosexual that because of his sin actually died of AIDS in the 90s. And we're, and we're celebrating this man as some sort of hero of the Christian faith. I, I'm, I'm going to cry foul on that. I'm going to say, no, that, that, we cannot do that. We can't celebrate this man because of his wicked lifestyle that he chose to live. Quite frankly, I genuinely question uh, his conversion. But how, how do I endorse this guy? How do I, in good faith, endorse this guy? I don't see how I can. Now, of course, here's a couple articles. Um, this is from Church Leaders. And, uh, and Ruslan did a video with Greg Lowry. Everybody says I pronounce his name wrong, but forgive me. But I want, I want you to see this. Just look at the headline. God uses flawed people like Lonnie Frisbee. Now, let me, let me bring it back to my point here about the soft acceptance of homosexuality in today's church. I fear that when we, when we say that Lonnie Frisbee was flawed, we are greatly downplaying his sin. Greatly downplaying his sin. I even have seen people, when, the, when I speak about Lonnie Frisbee, make comments on my YouTube channel and other social media platforms saying, well, we're all sinners. That may be true. We are all sinners and we all sin. But not all of us are living a closeted homosexual lifestyle while still traveling the roads and preaching. It's not the same thing. It's, it, and we are downplaying his sin and we are downplaying his wickedness. And I am, I am greatly alarmed by that. And I think that this movie does not uh, explore these topics, of course. And of course, it's just, it's not, I guess it's not meant to per se, but to ignore that or to even downplay that, I think we're doing a disservice. But the downplaying of this issue in the modern church is not new. It actually has been going on for quite some time. And I think the poster child of that is Jackie Hill Perry. It can sound righteous to say, God wants you to be straight, but I've yet to read anything in the 66 books of the scriptures that implies that. That's problematic, big time. You can go read the article, protestia.com, uh, check them out. Now, the next aspect of this I want to talk about is that the soft acceptance of Catholicism that we are experiencing today. Uh, it used to be that uh, America was very strong anti-Catholic. Matter of fact, even when John F. Kennedy ran for president, he was one of the first Catholics to ever run for president, become a front runner. And uh, the news media actually had to ask him, okay, you're, you're a Catholic and an American, but you're actually a, a, a loyal to two nations. What happens when the Vatican says this and the American Constitution says that? Which one are you going to go with? And uh, this is actually, I mean, like, you have to realize people fled Europe to start this country so that they can have a place to preach the gospel without being murdered by Catholics. Europe was overrun with popery, is what they called it. And people don't know the Bible. They don't know history. They don't understand why America was even founded, a place to preach the gospel. And But now evangelicalism, especially Western evangelicalism, is so accepting and so loving and so affirming of Catholicism, and Catholicism is not Bible-living Christianity. Roman Catholicism is a soft form of mystery Babylon. It is paganism. 
and they worship a female deity named Mary. They are, they are goddess worshipers. This whole thing is insane. This whole thing is crazy. This whole entire system of Mary worship is not biblical. But one of the big faces that we have <clears throat> that is now being promoted in evangelicalism is Jonathan Rumi, and he's actually a part of the Chosen series, which is Mormonism and Catholicism and evangelicalism merging together. And I want to remind you that Third Adam 4 is coming soon. So he played Lonnie Frisbee. Remember, remember Lonnie Frisbee, of course, the, the homosexual evangelist? He played Lonnie Frisbee, and I want you to hear what this guy says in this in this segment. Frankincense, and he would anoint people, you know. Like oh, wow. Anoint people in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and and uh, and so he had talked about like being a, a, a fan of St. Francis. So um, before I started work, you saw about the uh, Jesus Revolution movie, and uh, I I sat by his grave and I prayed a rosary with him. So he went. He just said right there, I went to Lonnie Frisbee's grave, and I prayed a rosary with him by his grave, and I prayed a rosary with him. Okay, now. That's weird. Here's why. Lonnie Frisbee is dead. And he is saying that I sat down and I prayed a rosary with a dead man. Which is necromancy. This is grave soaking. This is stuff straight out of the occult. And God's people are just turning a blind eye to this. This man is a terrible, terrible, dangerous terribly wicked human believing some insane stuff and god's people are just like well you did a good job in the movie wow yikes we are in big trouble let's let's let him continue talking here oh he didn't realize he's buried there too he's, oh yeah he's buried there yeah oh well i'm gonna have to go take a look at that yeah it's 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 powerful in fact i sat down and i prayed with him um it, this the space just to his right is empty so I got to sit down or lie. At one point, I even lied down because I just thought it would be kind of interesting to try to connect in some way. That's probably more information than you can. He, he said he laid down next to Lonnie Frisbee's grave to have a better connection with Lonnie Frisbee. Noah, get a boat. Is this what the church believes now? We got, we got grave-soaking necromancy Mary worshiping, rosary praying dudes getting up and playing major roles in successful modern Christian movies, and nobody cares. And nobody seems to find a problem with this. Sometimes I feel all alone in this. Friend, this is a problem. And we'll we'll just move on from there. But he he apparently got his sign. He Lonnie Frisbee for a sign, and as soon as he asked Lonnie Frisbee for that sign, praying to a dead man, mind you. Um, chapel doors opened up, and a cord from the organ came out that went there, and he said that that was his sign from, from Lonnie Frisbee, as if Lonnie Frisbee could do that. So we're having a soft acceptance of homosexuality, a soft acceptance of Catholicism, or thirdly, we're going to be having a soft acceptance of Hollywood. Please allow me to play this segment uh, to you from a Kelsey Grammer interview where he starts talking about why he names his daughter Faith and he gives a uh, an example and he talks about a metaphysical writer. Well, my daughter's name is Faith uh, and uh, 
there is a, a, a there are a lot of reasons for that, but one of them is connected to our sense of faith and, and the strength of it and the commitment of faith. Uh, we uh, there's a there's a a metaphysical writer uh, named Emmett Fox who uh, started in the 20s and sort of had a, a great sort of following throughout the 50s and 60s, uh, who talked about the the differences between hope and faith. He said hope's passive. Hope is just there. You get it. You get it. it's for free. Hope always is there. Now, did you catch a metaphysical writer, Emmett Fox? Faith is a determination. It is a, it is a fight. It is a commitment. It is something that is strong and breathes and lives and stretches. And and uh, we determined that that was the name we wanted to give to our first child. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now. He just gave a instead of a biblical definition of faith, he just gave a metaphysical definition of faith. In third Adam four, I'm going to show you why that's problematic. We are filming right now. The studio set up over here. As soon as I'm done with this video, I'm going to go over there and start filming again. He described faith in an unbiblical term. He described faith as a spiritual force that is living and breathing and working and growing in everybody. That is not biblical. That is not a biblical concept whatsoever. He, he even used the word metaphysical. There's three realms. There's the physical, subphysical, and metaphysical. Metaphysical is spiritism. And a lot of people say it's born out of philosophy. No, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, even, well, even if it was, okay, Paul even warns, let no man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. He said philosophy. Don't let anybody spoil you with philosophy. We're, not, we're going beyond philosophy here. We're going into metaphysics. The, basically, metaphysics is the occult. Metaphysics is what psychics do. Metaphysics is, it, I mean, it, that, that, guys, whoa. We are letting a man play a major role in a Christian film, and he openly endorses the occult when he is promoting the film, and nobody catches it. Nobody bats an eye. God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We have absolutely just refused to check these people out. When you have a movie where the main actor is somebody who promotes metaphysics, and, there, and, and the main character in the movie, one of the main characters in the movie, is a homosexual evangelist who died of AIDS, but the movie fails to mention that, and the actor who plays it is a raging necromancy, uh, Mary-worshipping Catholic. And evangelicals are going head over heels over this movie, and nobody, it's like nobody cares about doctrine anymore. And folks, I know there's a lot of people who do, and you guys watch our channel, thank God for this. But this is, this is stuff that we just cannot let go. Doctrine matters. Doctrine matters. Doctrine matters. And you remember that Brother Spencer told you that doctrine matters. I do not know how much of an impact there will be of this channel on the lives of people around the world. But I want the impact to be this, that doctrine matters. And we cannot just we cannot just say, ooey gooey, these people are Christians and just let it just go at that point. We've got to look deeper. We've got to look we got to get farther down into this. We cannot accept it on the surface as if everything that is Christian is just okay. There are things out there that are labeling themselves as Christians that you would be better off going to an Ozzy Osbourne concert than embracing that. Allow me to read a verse. I read it 
the other day, and I want to read it again because it's so very important. It's in Matthew chapter 7, and it says, Beware false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Now, a lot of people look at the clothing and they say, oh, look, he's, he looks like a sheep. He's dressed like a sheep, so therefore he is a sheep. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus warned you. They're going to look like sheep. They're going to look like them. But you got to go deeper than that. It says, but inwardly, they are ravening wolves. Most people are going to look at this poster and say, oh, look at these guys. They're dressed like sheep. They're dressed like sheep. Look at them. I mean, they're going around getting people saved. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Wait a minute. That's The Lord warned you. <clears throat> Some people say I'm a legalistic Pharisee and I'm, I don't know, heresy hunter or whatever. I, I'm, I am practicing Matthew 7, 15 here. I'm also practicing 1 John 4. 1 John 4, 1. Try the spirits whether it be of God for many false prophets have gone out into the world. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. Which means this. You're going to have to do some looking. You're going to have to do some inspecting. You're going to have to do some testing and see what these people are. I've tested them in this video for you and showed you that these people are wolves in sheep's clothing. Now, here's the thing. I want to say this as well. We have a soft rejection of repentance. I want you to know that when we are giving men a pass for their degenerate lifestyle and just saying that, well, he was flawed. Folks, I, I, I have a problem with that. I have a major problem with that because we are downplaying we are downplaying sin, and we are downplaying repentance. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to find more and more as time goes on that there's going to be a gospel preached that is not about sin. It's about love. And I believe in love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But whoso believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're talking about a love, a feel-good gospel that does not preach sin, that does not preach repentance from wickedness, that does not preach about sin, righteousness, and the judgment to come. It ignores all that, and it just it just talks about, you know, you, there's, a, there's a love that you can have, and it's all love. Just come take this love. Uh, I fear that biblically that is lacking. Of course, God loves, no doubt. But God is a God of righteousness and judgment. And the Lord, the same God that loves people so much that he gave his only begotten son, is the same God that will send people to hell if they reject that son. And I think we've got a one-sided gospel today that's all love and grace and no judgment and no, no righteousness, no holiness. It's all, it's all lovey-dovey, gooey stuff. I, I am troubled by that because I wonder what are the generational effects. And when we see guys like Lonnie Frisbee and, and other guys out there, that that's what they preached. And we see things about it's just all you need is love and this, this hippie love, 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 which was the name of the song they, they talked about back then, all you need is love. 
and and you have guys that are like, I went into the woods and did LSD and came out a Christian, which is what Lonnie Frisbee said. Um, I, I have to scratch my head and say, wow. And we have people today that want a savior from hell and they want a savior from sorrow and they want a savior from feeling bad and they want a savior from sadness but they don't want a savior from sin they don't want to they want a savior from hell of course who doesn't i mean who wants to go to hell they 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 want that but they don't want a savior from sin as a friend of mine said not too long ago a man who wants a savior from hell but not a savior from sin will get a savior from neither i think that's where the battleground is with all this we talk about music, and even our book, Calling Evil Good, The Live Christian Rock and Roll, I'm going to show you what happened to the music of American churches uh, after this whole movement happened, and, and you, you, you'll be blown away at the stuff that's in this book, for real. Uh, but I think it goes a lot deeper than that. I think that there is a gospel issue here. And I think that uh, it's time we talk about it. Subscribe to this channel if you're new, and get the book. The book will change your life. I know it will. So many people have told us it has. God bless you, friend, and we'll see you soon.